starts now. Welcome, one. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Look and Talk podcast. I'm your man, Mr. Vic Jones, and today it's a guys only round. I'm with the fellas today. It's our guys only for the month of July, and it's a lot of craziness we got to dive into. So, if you're not tied down with entanglements, pour yourself up some liquor and get ready to listen. <laughs> Joining me today is the man from LJ Arreo, Mr. Juggy. How you doing today, man? I'm very well. Appreciate you bringing me back on. It's good to be here. Now, I appreciate you coming back on. And he is one half of the Off Black Podcast. Now, in season three of Look and Talk, we're going to meet the other half of, of the uh, other half of the Off Black Podcast. Yes, but we will. Here is Don. Here is Don <laughs> B. He's joining us for today. today. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, no always. problem. No, no problem. No problem. Let's jump into it. So let's get to our icebreaker. So what is y'all favorite white people movie of all time? White ooh. people movie? Um, ooh, that is hard. Hmm. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with Jane Elliott. I think I'll go with Jane Elliott for the time being. Um, for favorites, it's kind of hard to pick considering the situation out here. Um, I know, it was something random. <laughs> forgive me, but I've never seen it. What's the the rundown of that? Uh, Jane Elliott is or was a school teacher and started traveling the country. You may have seen some of her videos mm-hmm. um, social media. She teaches um, classes about uh, race relations. She's an older uh, white lady. Uh, with oh. oh, I know who you're talking okay. about. I know who you are. Yes, yes, she's the uh, deal. Is she the same woman that has the whole talk about like all white people being racist inherently? Yes, that's and that the same okay. okay, I thought yes. so. So that's right now, top of my head, that's the only, <laughs> one I, only legit one I could think of. So please, Lord, forgive me, but. Oof, it's hard right now. Yes, Father, forgive us. It's definitely hard right now. I, it was something random. I said, somebody asked me on social media, I was like, I don't know. I struggled with that one. I was like, damn, I don't even know. Don, what you got? Oh, man, I wasn't prepared for this. I mean, I love I love movies. I just, on the spot, my favorite white movie? Um, that's really hard on the spot like that. He's um, stumped. It's not gonna be anything deep. I can tell you that. Like, I'm trying to think of a movie I watch all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. This is some. Go ahead. It's hard, man. It yes, is hard. I mean, I know. my it's favorite hard, movie of all time, and this isn't, but I don't consider it like a white movie. I think it's like a universal movie. Is the uh, the Wizard of Oz. I just feel like that's like a movie about life, really. It's not so much a kid's movie. It's like just, it has way deeper meaning than that. So that's my favorite movie of all time. And then, of course, I love The Wiz, too, because it's a whole different story perspective. So those two movies, I feel like, like, raise me. (laughs) So The Wizard of Oz, I guess, because it's the white version, I guess that's my favorite white movie of all time. I don't know. I would say, I I, I struggle with this one, too, because of the climate. But I would say Dodgeball, only because it, it, it can make you laugh. You know what I'm saying? If you could dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, my God. Why didn't I think of dodgeball? Damn, I watch that all the time. That's well, there hilarious. you have it, folks. So, fellas, what God damn it, think- Bernice. 
<laughs> yes, yes. So what did y'all think of Blackout Day? A day where everybody said we're only shopping with black-owned merchants. What did y'all think of that when y'all saw it when it happened? So for me, uh, I, I believe that it was an awesome day. Um, there is really a lot of black-owned businesses. Um, unfortunately, they just don't have the marketing capital mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of corporate uh, and even just simply white-owned companies have uh, because it's usually one person doing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it went really well. You know, I had, you know, I bought a shirt uh, from someone I know that's that's getting their clothing business, you know, off the ground. And um, I was looking for a restaurant, but I was just, I was so caught up working that day um, that I simply didn't get a chance to do that. But I heard a lot of stories about a lot of um Vendors and business owners got online to thank everyone and people, you know, hiring black attorneys and all kinds of stuff. And I, I think it was awesome personally. Definitely. Yes, I definitely think it was awesome. Um, I was I saw all the black owned vendors and all the black owned merchants. Now that day I was just chilling because I was off from work, so I really didn't have a need to buy anything. So I'm like. I'm glad to know, see where all these Black-owned vendors, all these merchants are now. I know where these places are, where these websites are. So now, when the funds are right, I can go spend my money with them and go and get what what I need. Because it's like like what you said. It's like Black companies, they don't have the marketing to Mm -hmm. um, like like the other companies do. It's sad. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the best thing about that was the marketing aspect. Like, if you couldn't buy anything that particular day, it was just good to get them the notice out there that there's other options. Because, I mean, even myself, I, I preach by black, by black, but I mean, the majority of my stuff isn't is corporate stuff because that's just easier to, you know, get to. I don't really know all the stuff. So I appreciate like the knowledge and things of learning, you know, different options people I can buy from support. And yeah, we need more of that we, once a month. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So do y'all think it should be more than once a month or how about, is it possible to do it once a week? It, it just depends. It depends on where you live. I mean, you know, if, if I don't know if you guys seen the Killer Mike documentary on Netflix. You know what I'm saying? He's in the Atlanta mm-hmm. area. Obviously, there's a very large, sprawling, you know, black population there. You know, but if you're in some other places, you know, around the country, it may not be possible do that mm-hmm. once a week unless you're ordering something online i mean you still would have to wait for it to get to you um so it just depends um a lot of places it there's not a lot a large black presence and the companies that exist there you know again you might not know that they're there or know that it's black owned because they're busy doing all the work they're the ceo they're the cook they're doing the taxes they're doing the phone calls you know, so they don't have time to say, hey, I'm here. So it, it, it just depends on where you live, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it definitely does depend on where you live. That's true. Um, I do think that, yeah, once a week can be difficult. And plus, you don't want people to, like, it to get kind of swept away or like pushed to a side. I was thinking, like, once a month, like, what if somebody got together and, you know, we do a first Saturdays for the club and a first Fridays for this and all that. Like, why can't we do, like, call it a a hashtag Black Friday and, like, the first Friday of every month, we just do this blackout day, you know, just to get it started. Something like that. I'm not the one to lead it, but, I mean, I think it's more important than just, like, one day, you know, one hashtag, one Instagram day. Like, we got to come up with some kind of little system to keep supporting each other, you know? 
That's a good yes, idea. Most definitely. That's definitely a really good idea. We definitely need that um, because do we have a lot of black-owned businesses out here that's like, I'm, I'm saying to myself, if I just simply known they were out here, I would have been supporting them because I definitely right. want to spend with them, um, spend my dollar with them. Now, somebody somebody did a podcast with last week, Precious of the Cake Dish Podcast. She posed this question on her page, and I just wanted to know what y'all take is. What do you, what's the reason people won't come back to black-owned businesses? Like, where do they need to really improve at to keep the consistency? You can go first. <laughs> uh, so, I guess because I do this kind of stuff all the time on my own show, uh, and on my social media when I post. So this is a threefold issue. Number one, um, there's a perception in our country that anything that is black has a negative connotation. So mm-hmm. what happens is, is that when you are talking about going to a black owned company, we're expecting them to have God tiers, you know, customer service, knowing that uh, unfortunately a lot of black owned companies, they don't have the same infrastructure as say, a Walmart or Amazon, they don't have all those items flowing in like that. You know what I mean? And so mm. when we go to big brands, well, the way I always say it is, if you, go, you could buy Gucci, if you could buy Prada, if you could buy these name brand vehicles, you could buy the Mercedes cars. You know, you see the guys in the hood, they got the Mercedes. Uh, they got all these nice vehicles, uh, the Acuras and the Lexuses and the BMWs. If we could spend all the money, you know, three, four hundred, five dollar car note to pay for these quote unquote nice brands, these name brands, right? There's people that won't eat off brand cereal. They only eat Kellogg's or they only mm-hmm. eat, they won't eat the store brand because it's nasty, right? They won't do it. If we can do that, right? And we find a way to fit it in our monthly budget, there is no reason why. We can't support black businesses. We go to places that have terrible right. services. We all eat at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have good service. When we go to Popeye's and we need that fix, everybody and their mama know that when you go to Popeye's, you're lucky if you get some food and that it's mm-hmm. warm. You don't expect that to be good customer service. But what do we do? We go there all the time in large numbers. If black people can do that, we support it. Everybody and their mama, the Arabs, they got their money, the uh, Asian communities. To, respectively, they get their money out of our community. Look, bad customer service, I understand. Oh, I'm not going to go nowhere. They ain't got good customer service. Oh, my gosh. Customer service, we go to Walmart. They only got two restaurants no. open. So no. I'm, really, I'm, I'm really getting tired of the argument that, you know, what do we need to do when it comes to service for Black-owned businesses if we supported them more to where they can hire more reliable help then we wouldn't be having this conversation. So that that's, you know, I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but that mm-mm, one right there. Mm-mm. No, no, that's, no, it's needed. No, we need that. No, hold the people accountable. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? No, that that's what we need. It's like, we always quick to find something wrong with the black owned businesses and find right. a reason not to go to them. And it's like, but we take crap from Amazon or wherever, or all these, all these merchants, all these other merchants. So why can't we support our own, you know? So I mm-hmm. definitely agree with what you had to say. So it's all good. Absolutely. Donald, you want to get in there or are you good? Um, I just I think it's 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 frustrating, <laughs> right? Um, I echo that entire sentiment that you just said. Um, 
I've worked for um, small black business. I've worked for small businesses most of my life. That's why I always kind of lean towards, um, and I'm not myself. So I've seen kind of all the sides of it, but um, I don't know. I think it's on both sides. So like we we talked last time about black people um, kind of taking responsibility for like our place in the world with things. It's like this is the it sucks, but this is kind of the hand that we're dealt when we're dealing with business, right? So we got to do what we can to make things work. And I think business owners like. Um, I think a lot of times we get a lot of us get businesses and don't do the research behind how to actually run one. You know you what know? I mean? It's going to be it's going to be twice as hard for us to even get off the ground because we don't have the marketing or the infrastructure or the resources. So unfortunately, you can't just jump. You're not you can't just jump up here and be like, oh, I'm running a bar now. I'm running a restaurant now. It's like, do you know how to do that? And so I worked for a place that was like uh, it was it was a bar black owned and it was just had everything you could imagine and all the potential in the world. But, you know, the, everybody's concerned with the owners are just concerned with having a place to party. You know, nobody's really checking the books and stuff. No, nothing's up to code. Like I was the only person kind of like trying to keep everything on the business level legit mm -hmm. and manage the place. And then at the same time, you have your customers coming in, black, your black customer coming in, going off about every little thing, not taking one ounce of little, no customer service, you know what I mean? Can't wait to go off on you, want something for free, want a discount for this, oh, you want to charge all this, you forgot who I was, and stuff like that, you know what I mean? It was just, like, most frustrating experience, because it's like, this has so much potential, but you're getting hit from both sides. The customers aren't making it any better, and then the leadership's not making it any better, and it's like, what are we doing here? And it might have been just that one place, but I just feel like we just don't, do the research for ourselves to like educate ourselves like the other you know i don't want to say the, the white businesses do but i'm saying like they have that access we have to go out of our way and figure out like the best way forward and then be willing to support it as well and not just checking every little thing to run into the ground and just being so critical and you know what i mean if that makes does that make sense yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, it just sounds like people want they want it right now. They just want to say I have it just to have it without doing their homework on how to properly run it and how to like have everything in place and how to bring the right people in. So I mean yeah. just one more thing before we move on um to the next topic. You know, I had a a friend of mine who bought like a, a large furniture item recently you know, from Amazon, you know, they got Amazon Prime and everything. And it, it was it was very deceptive. It's not exactly what they had in the pictures on the website. Now, they're not going to stop using Amazon Prime because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think what we have to do is really check why we're visiting black owned businesses. Are we going there because we're expecting a handout? Because thank you, because that's so disrespectful. We don't have, you know, dummy companies in the Grand Cayman Islands so we can use the intellectual property so that we don't have we don't pay taxes. We gotta pay the business taxes. We gotta mm -hmm. have our permits. Um you know we're we disproportionately not receiving enough loans and when we do they have higher interest rates and shorter leashes. Yep. I mean we cannot go into a black owned business expecting a 30% discount. Like you go to a business you pay the price and they're going to get a profit off of it. That's that's the basis of this whole country. So I just, the people that always have a problem, oh, well, they took an hour. What did you ever consider that they're the only person in the kitchen cooking? Like, right. just writing them off because I, I, it's just getting old, man. Like, that's just not an excuse not to support each other. Because if we take a look around, we're the ones being adversely impacted mm -hmm. by, uh, you know, COVID. 
we're being disproportionately impacted by that. We're losing our jobs in greater numbers. We're black men. You know, since the All Guys podcast, we're losing the most jobs. So I, I just, if you find one, it's like, wow, let me support this guy. You know what? Maybe it wasn't the best this time. Maybe I can have a conversation with him the next time I go and say, you know, maybe you should do A, B, and C, you know, and be reasonable mm-hmm. about it. Say, oh, I ain't going back there because they, they, they took too long. They, I didn't like this. Look, that's we 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 got it. We got as a community, we we we're gonna have to come up with something better than that. That's that's not yeah. a valid anymore. That that's that's right. You hit the nail on the point. It's like people will find any excuse, any reason not to go back. But also to the people looking for discounts, they really if you don't have it, then stay your ass at home. Simple as that. I don't know. We we need to stop looking for these damn discounts because we don't look for discounts when we're going to the other stores. So when it's a black owned business, we should not be looking for the damn discounts. No, we should be looking to help out, you know what I'm saying? Help out our black people. So because it's it's getting old. We about to be in 2021. We really need to come together. Moving on, fellas. Now we're gonna move on to something Juggy actually requested. Do you feel like we need sports? Because I feel I feel differently. I feel I have a mixed feelings about it. So I'll let y'all go ahead and dive into it. Done? Um, do we need sports in what regard? Like, um, as sports as in entertainment, or okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess that's kind of layered. I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really sure the context. Um, like where that person got it from, but I mean, like, is it because of quarantine? Like, we're sports on our TV. Like, I'm trying to understand. Like, hey, um, just no sports in general. <laughs> Ever? Hey, Jug, you might want to uh, elaborate for the people Let, a little bit more. Okay, so here's the full flesh out of the question. Obviously, okay. there are major athletes in all the sectors of sports that have been affected by COVID-19. We, right. in America, love our sports because it's it's kind of like basis of a lot of our culture, right? Mm-hmm. In the light of the fact that packing people into stadiums and coliseums and so forth and arenas obviously isn't good for COVID-19. Should all the major sports leagues, the MLB, the NHL, the NBA, should they, the NCAA too, should they cancel this year for the safety of the fans and the players and the staff, or should they continue on with uh, health precautions? Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, they should cancel everything this year. <laughs> it's, it blows my mind that it's even a question like that, but at the same time, this is America, and it's all about money, and, you know, health is on the back burner. But, yeah, now that this whole COVID thing has made me just think about, you're, talk, you're talking about being packed in arenas, big spaces like that. I'm like, dang, was that ever safe? Like, it just feels nasty now being enclosed with thousands of people, you know, like, in this post-COVID world, but now I'm thinking, like, was it ever super healthy? I don't know. But this year yeah. in particular, like, it's not worth risking lives for. This is crazy. From the aspect of risking lives, I'm like, hell no. Everybody just need to go and stay home, and the government just need to pay everybody. But, we, but then I realized we in America where you got these rich owners wanting their money. So I'm like, you could just have have your sports and just take all the safety precautions as for college, I think they just need to go ahead and shut down because it don't make sense to have these athletes on campus when y'all don't even have actual students on campus. So, and I know it's like going to take a big risk. Well, you know what? 
take the damn big risk because y'all weren't paying the athletes anyway. So just go right. ahead and just pack it on up. So and um, I feel bad for my HBCUs because homecoming is everything. But at the same time, it's like we need to live here. You know what I'm saying? Man, it's TV deals, man. You know, we're talking about billions of dollars across concessions. Concessions. Yes. Stadium staff. Merch and. Oh, man. It's a, it's a lot of people affected, but I just. I, I don't know. I mean, we had, what, 15,000 cases today, I believe, in Florida? Yeah. Yeah. And it's backed up to like 15,000. Yeah. I yeah. Just, I, 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 I guess like, money is more important than lives, but I, I don't know, man. And I do, I don't want to sound like dense or like insensitive also, because I have worked in a stadium before. I actually worked for the Pacers of Indiana um, and their event staff. And um, I know all of how much, you know, how many uh, moving parts there are to go to just like a sports team, right? Like just for one game, there's all the cooks and there's hundreds of cooks and, you know, servers and waiters and the, the people that take the tickets and the valets and they, all the people that work there. And when, when COVID first hit, I had a friend, um, visiting and she got laid off while she was down here visiting they, she got the call she's like oh my gosh i don't have a job to go back to and she was breaking down because you know that's like when is it going to open back up what am i going to do now and i was just like it's very easy for me to just be like oh, i'll work somewhere else but you know she's a mom she got three kids like she was real shook by it so i don't want to seem like oh just cancel the whole year it's nothing i understand the weight that people like have you know jobs that they're depending on but this is also america who can afford to take care of those people so i think that it's just very disgusting that people have to make those choices like that exactly it's very disgusting you know i think i also think i'm like why the hell they just come up with something to cure the covid you know what i'm saying it's like if you need to make the money make the money but just if people get the covid tell them to stay home and um Get them the right medicines to where they can just get it out of their system, that they can just take the time to um, recover. If because people can't be out here losing money, so it's it's crazy. It's wild. I mean, yes. if you think about the fact that we got you know politicians and we got, I guess you could say the one percent, you know, people not paying taxes, they've been avoiding taxes for ever since we really can remember before we was alive. It, we have the money to say, hey, we can support the working uh, working class people for at least at least a few months. Right. You know what I'm saying? They gave us they gave some of us got the uh, what was it? The uh, stimulus, the, 12, the one, like one time stimulus check, a one time gone. stimulus check. Right. And they made it seem like it was pulled teeth to get that. Yeah. But when they passed the military budget. <laughs> the military buttons in the trillions. I, I, I don't the military, know. NASA, all this BS. You know what I mean? It's exactly. Like, I, are you what I realized right about now? America is they got money for the shit they want. That's all it is. That that's all it is. They got money for the shit they want instead of the things we need. It's like, oh my goodness, is this is that? You know what? Your old ass. You know what? We got the fucking money. Y'all just don't want to spend it. Because it's coming out child paycheck. That's how what it is. Right. Did y'all hear about the vacation credit they're trying to pass? What uh, the hell we need a vacation credit for? I said we are truly 
in the darkest of times if y'all are more concerned about building out the travel industry. So like, you know, tourism dollars, travel, vacation spots, everything is dying, declining. Like I told you when I was in Vegas, literally everything was 75% off. Like all the casinos, hotels, it's the cheapest trip I ever made up there. Um, (laughs) So, but there's a vacation. I I was reading about it the other day and it's trying to pass this vacation credit. And the same way they sent that stimulus check out, it will be a, a credit for like, um, um, there's like, I think there's like three different like uh, vacation like agencies, you know, Orbitz, Priceline, those people. Like, you would get like a 400 something dollar credit, or a, I saw one that was $1,200. Um, another one that was like uh, 4400 some crazy stuff. And these credits really? are trying to get passed so that you can use it to go just to go to these vacation spots to build them out because they're failing and we depend so much on them. Like, Disney is like Florida's bread and butter here. You know what I mean? Universal. Yes, that's true. Like, that's, so this, this, that's just those two. But think of all the amusement parks and all, the, you know, just the timeshares and the, the ski resorts and everything that we live on and vacation-wise, like, nobody's going. So they're trying to pass this vacation credit where everybody would have this credit that they could use to, you know, just go take a vacation. But it's like, what are we going to use? What money are we going to use when we get there? We, we've been out of work. It's like... Why is that the the primary concern? It's like businesses are always at the top forefront and then the people afterwards. So it's like, you're going to give us a credit to go somewhere and spend money we don't have and put ourselves at risk to become sicker. Like, hashtag America. Yes, that that don't make no sense. I'm like, why the hell are you going to give us a vacation credit when we've been on vacation just at home? You know what I'm saying? You need to be trying to help us um, catch up our bills and stuff because some people in this country... It's not about that. Yes, but I know it's not about it now, but some people in this country are at risk of losing their apartments and stuff and not, not knowing where their income is going to come. Yeah. I mean, I know for a fact, I seen an article about a month ago or whatnot where they said it would be illegal to evict people, you know what I'm saying, during this COVID crisis because people are out of work and people are still getting evicted. And the court systems are overloaded because... They only got a couple of them open. Most of the court systems are closed. So people are getting evicted, no income, with kids, and they have no recourse. And we have, Mm -hmm. you know, politicians who are supposed to represent a portion of each part of the population that are just, they're they're slaves to the Fortune 500 companies and the 1%. And they legitimately don't care if people die. And mm-hmm. it is being run by uh, a burnt orange <laughs> who will remain nameless. I, I just, oh, man, if we get out of this year, we can do anything. If we can survive the rest right. of this year, if we're just alive and breathing, we could do anything. Because, yes, man, I definitely agree with that. It's, yes, it's, yes. And honestly, I was talking to somebody from, uh, I was talking to Tanya from the Adult Tech I Hate to Hear podcast about this. It just seems like there's just no hope um, besides the burnt orange man, because Mr. B, I'm not too sure about him. Listen, (laughs) I I don't have a comment. No comment. (laughs) You know what? Let's go ahead. Well, let's lighten the mood up. Let's talk about this going to get messy for a little quick minute. What did y'all think of this this mess with Jada and Will? Oh my god. Don, go ahead, man. <laughs> um, well, you know what? Um, 
I don't know. So I watched the Red Table talk that they did, and when it's all said and done, I actually now if this is if this is the truth and what happened, like again, it's not my business, so I'm not gonna be like, what's the truth? Because it's not my business. But I actually really walked away from that Red Table talk like with a whole new level of respect for like those two, like regardless of the messiness of the whole thing. Like I was like shocked that they even like said anything about it because you know what I mean like they don't have to come down to our level and say anything they haven't ever said anything about their relationship for years so I was like you know what I respect this honest communication on live tv whatever um I don't know exactly what the details of the entanglements were all I know is I'm going to use that (laughs) word because as far as I'm concerned (laughs) all of my exes were entanglements so I want to thank I want to thank her for that gym of a vocab word. Uh, People, myself, everybody has been running that word into the ground. They have, but it's really good. Like, I'm like, oh, shit. Because I've been entangled out here now. (laughs) Who hasn't been entangled? With that word, like, bruh. But the fact that I looked it up and it was like, the you know has the one and the two like the two of the definition it said like a complicated relationship or something like that and I'm like oh that's a real thing I thought she made that up on the spot but um I'm confused with August though I don't know if because everybody's like jumping in his defense and being like oh my god they're so wrong what they did to him I don't know that he was like saying anything bad about the experience but I couldn't I couldn't gauge that like was he like is this like for you know, fuck the Smiths, or is this like, I'm just telling my truth? Like, that I wasn't really sure about. So I'm really interested to hear y'all's perspective on, like, what you think August was trying to get out of this. Um, you know, I, to me, I don't I don't like, I'm a, I'm old school. I'm not about the kissing and telling and all that stuff. I'm just like, ooh, that's a, that's kind of a, a little, I don't want to say a bitch move, because I like August, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> kissing and telling, my nigga, like, I'm cool. Yeah. But go ahead. Listen, I'm with you all the way, Don. I'm with you all the way. It's like I'm not I'm not one to be out here telling about my affairs, but but because I'm a man of people and plus being a content creator, we gotta keep our ear about what's all going on. Right. Somebody um precious from Kate just had her, her her on last week. She said mainly a lot of this is coming out because August got a new album coming out. That's I didn't want to say that. Wow. Honestly, really? honestly I, did, I, think, I didn't want to say that. I know you didn't want to say that, but I'm like, maybe he did that to stir up some mess for his album. And I'm like, right. in my head, I'm just like, why the hell you need to stir up mess just to promote an album? If you have an album, fucking promote that shit. You don't need no fucking mess. Whew. That's the thing. He's been on this whole, like, um, um, like a little tour, you know what I mean? And he's like, he's you know been through a lot. God bless him. And he's like on this whole spirituality kick now. And he's like, oh, this album's gonna be like so deep X, Y, and Z. And I'm gonna sit down in this interview, and the whole thing's gonna be about Jada. So it's like, that's interesting to me. But like I said, I'm not trying to take away your feelings, bro. Like I who I'm not judging, but at the same time, it's real interesting timing. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, for me, um, I don't. You know, I don't get into gossip at all, like with celebrities right. and stuff like that, because it's just it's I understand it's a form of entertainment, and I probably do the same version of it when it comes. To sports. But when I when I when I saw the situation, I was reading the articles, I saw the video, the red table. I just got the impression that 
you know, they've obviously been in a reported open relationship for a long time. So it's it's being reported like, you know, they don't do things outside of the relationship, right? They have mm-hmm. an open marriage. That's mm-hmm. their business. But the thing that got me, number one, when Jada said, oh, I haven't been fulfilled in so long. Now, when mm. that statement came about, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't, I don't know if that's the exact word she used. But when she said that, I was like, wait a second. That means it's going to be one or two things. Number one, Mr. Smith is playing around with other guys. Or number two, he ain't been doing it right. Because you got to think, they've been married a long time. They were, they're, they're mm. one of the standing black couples in Hollywood. Right, mm-hmm. so to me, it's like August. She threw she she knew August Alcina was going through this and his drug rehab and blase blase. She knew what she was doing to that man, and August Alcina is just I can't trust him after this, man. You know, I thought mm-hmm. dude, he had good music and stuff like that, but after this, I, I can't, I, I can't. I could not come home to Jada and be like, oh, you ready to smash? Knowing that you just had the best nut of your life with August Alcina. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and now, I'm so, like saying, Will said, we know Will out in the streets. He's very low key, but it ain't like he ain't doing stuff now. He out there too. But I, I would not be able to derive pure enjoyment knowing that my wife got smashed to that extent to where the dude says I'm, I was in love. And I mean, what, what could have possibly happened for it to be that? I mean, that's, oof. you know, I, this you know, I think it was, cause it couldn't I, be me. I, I, yeah. got shot. Oh, damn. I, I feel you on that. I feel that right there. But you no, know I'm thinking is I think August was in a pain of hurt. And when, and he met Jada, and Jada just kind of took advantage of that because he was very vulnerable at the time. And I guess he just thought it was supposed to be more than what it was. I guess that's what he got pussy whooped. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's like, now, I'm, I'm, I'm also with you, Joe. I couldn't really trust August as well because I'm like, if you get pussy, well, that's show business, bro. That's show business. You don't need to be putting it out there for the streets. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to be slamming this woman. Just take your L in silence. My goodness. And as for that, if and I'm also with you in the part where if my woman gets smashed by another man and it's just she's just in La La Land, I'm just gonna flat out leave. I'm like, look, I, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You, you really don't the guy that present. You don't need me. So <laughs> why don't you just go ahead, go back over there with him, and I'm about to find me find me a new queen and call it a day. I, ooh, I, I would not be able to say on something that's public to everybody. I could not look at my wife in the in her face while she basically tells me this man gave me the most pleasure that I have not had. Like, h- how do you how do you swallow your pride? How do you swallow your your masculinity after that? How, how do you you don't you don't come back from that? You know, you really don't. You get and I, like we're playing Mortal Kombat. 
<laughs> That's like fatality right there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it couldn't be me, man. That's all I can tell you is just they could do whatever they want. I it could not. I, I could not. And all the people that say, oh, I can do over relationship. I can do over relationship. I can smash whoever I want. And as soon as your girl find, you know what I'm saying, somebody of worth, all that's going up in flames. People be frying, man. People be frying and capping <laughs> so hard about being you and some 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 of y'all on here talk about social media, talk about their situation. Some of y'all asses are in an open relationship, but you just don't know it. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, no comment. Did you catch that down? I caught it. <laughs> I'm I just saying. It, toss it back over the net. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, you know what I'm saying? We got to keep it real now because while y'all want to sit here and bash them for what's going on, some of y'all asses, y'all got a whole lot of mess going on in relationships. And this to also show you that no relationship is perfect. Now, I don't know if they can come back for that. I don't know, but maybe Will and Jay know something. I don't know. Maybe they really just trying to stay afloat for the kids, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, the kids, aren't the kids grown now? They're past yeah, 18. Right. Yeah, they're grown. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they to me, it seemed like they weren't, like, sitting there tripping or pressing nothing. Like, it's like it just kind of is what it is. So I don't know if it's, like, something where, like, it was some kind of, it, to me, it didn't seem like it was, like, a scandalous thing with them two. Like, like I was just talking about it. Like, I don't know, like, what the depths of it is, but I don't know. I just feel like it's just, y'all, your relationship is your relationship. That's your business. And that's how you, how what happens when you put people on a pedestal. I feel like we love to do that with celebrities in any way. Like, when you try to put people up on this pedestal and be like, oh, this is what this is. I want this, this and this. And it's just like, then you find out some stuff and it's like, oh, well. And it's like it just comes crashing down. It's like they're just regular people like me and you. You know what I mean? They're no different. They just have money, like and attention. Like it's the niggas with issues. So I just think <laughs> we need to take a look at ourselves and deal with our own shit because that's we always wanted to make people be perfect. And it's like nope. I mean, we all did it. I did it when I adopt me. I want to be a Smith. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, like they're just regular people fucking about here like everybody else. Exactly. Uh, I was like Jay and Beyonce. They they were sure, but damn, when I heard about Jay and Becky with the good hair, so it's like you can't really hype up no celebrity couple people because they got issues just like we do. And they yeah, money don't change nothing in their own ways. The money just make it worse because everybody knows the issues. You know, <laughs> like uh-huh, at least moment. we can at least we can hide. You know, just our shit we know about, but. Yeah. I mean, even with money, you should be able to hide it, buddy. You know what I'm saying? If I if I had a whole bunch of money, you would not be knowing my business. You listen, I say that all the time too. I hope that's true when I somebody gets some money. <laughs> I hope that's. I hope Ooh. I ain't out here. I hope I ain't yeah. on Twitter. I, I guess entanglements yes. is a new keyword for what's going on in the streets, though. Yes. But speaking of entanglements, I'm glad people are taking a break from whatever entanglement you were and enjoying liquor. So go ahead, pull you up some more liquor because the more liquor you drink, the better this podcast sounds. Now, fellas, I actually got a question from a lady podcaster. Shout out to Jen Reed of the Mom to Wife Plus Life podcast. I was a guest on her podcast this past week, and she wanted to know from the fellas, why do some men... Be with women knowing they don't want to, really want to commit to them. Don, go ahead, bro. 
<laughs> Dang. So fast. Uh, <laughs> why what do you think? Why do now, men why? get with women and they don't really want to commit with them? Yeah. Mm. And also, why are men scared of commitment? Okay, so the first part of the question, I can speak from, I just, okay, I have a lot of guy friends, I guess, so I've seen this a million times. Um, I don't know what it is about that, having, like, like, I don't know if it's, like, a mom thing or what it is about having a girl, you know, that's always going to be there, holding it down, and you go do whatever you want. Like, I just, I don't know what that is, but, because it is very much like, why don't you just be single, then, if you're going to be like that, but it's, I don't know what it is. I feel like it's something psychological, like, with us specifically. Like, I feel like, I don't know if it's just, like, your mama wasn't there. Maybe you were too close to your mom or whatever. It's some kind of psychological thing. We got to have, like, that woman there, you know, holding everything down. But you still want the freedom to go do whatever you want. And it's like, you expect her to stay there. But you have full intention of not being fully committed. Um, That's the first part. And the second part is... um, I think a lot of people do relationships just to be doing them. Like, why do people do anything? You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, commitment is like a two-way street. It's really hard to find both people on the same on the same commitment. Either the woman wants it or the guy wants it. And people just get together because it's like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. But it's like, did you ever want that in the first place? Or you just, you know, going with the flow. So it's layer, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I got my own commitment issues, so I'm a little triggered by this conversation. <laughs> Hey, don't be triggered, my brother. You know what I'm saying? Don't, I'm just playing. <laughs> don't be triggered, you know what I'm saying? Hey, it's just, just well, don't keep making me get strong, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Are you, boo, the phone just hangs up. That's all you hear. <laughs> what happened, all right. Guys? So, I'm going to take a stab at this. Y'all don't judge me. Nope. Uh, being the, the first the scholar that I am, always looking for answers. <clears throat> so, obviously, this is an extremely complex issue. Mm-hmm. that varies from different community to different community. But my personal opinion is that, and I'm only, I can only speak for the black community because I haven't studied other communities to this extent, but I feel like the biggest part of it is as men, the way we're raised, generally speaking, we suppress our emotions. We suppress anything that isn't considered decidedly masculine. Okay. And so what happens is when we become adults and we enter into romantic relationships with women who, generally speaking, women are emotionally more mature than men because they have to be. Mm -hmm. It's a whole other topic. But Mm -hmm. what happens is that we say we want something or we think that we want something. But then when it comes down to do a commitment, let's say, i.e. like marriage or getting engaged or moving in together, et cetera, et cetera we realized that we were doing things out of convenience and for looks to please other people, not for ourselves. But again, we're never, we rarely, and again, I can only speak for what things I know about in the black community. We rarely, rarely speak on our true pure emotions that can be listened to from a non-judgmental place. So, you know, we, we, we're dating this chick, everything is cool because we're getting what we want out of it, even though we may not be saying it out loud explicitly. We get somebody pregnant, we did. Why? Because that's not what we wanted from the relationship. And even though we said it was cool to have kids, we really didn't mean that. We just did it out of convenience because we're not used to taking mm-hmm. responsibility 
and being accountable for our true emotions. Because most women, if you tell them I'm just looking to smash or I just want a friend with benefits, which is really what a lot of guys want, which more or less there's nothing wrong with that per se. But if you're honest with that up front, that emotional awareness, that emotional maturity, men like that because we bury it deep. We bury our, we don't cry, we don't, we don't go to therapy, we don't allow ourselves to experience certain things, we don't let things out, it just builds up and builds up, and, you know, I feel like that's, that's the reason why we're in the position that we're in now, and that's to say nothing of the way that we are, uh, like, if we have both parents in the house or not, that's a whole mm-hmm. other but, um, what was the second part of the question, uh, Vic? That's... The second part of her question was, why are guys afraid of commitment? Ah, oh, man, that's, I think, for, I can speak from personal experience. I think we're afraid of commitment because nobody, a lot of people other, outside of our mamas have never been committed to us. We man. haven't had oh. older men in our lives committed. Now, y'all know from the last All Guys podcast that I'm very, very fortunate and, of course, grateful to have a very good, present, mature father in my life, right, for right. my whole life. And I know that makes a big difference, but a lot of people don't have that. And so what happens is, is when you don't have that strong emotional connection with older men or a father figure or at least a mature male figure in your life, then you get become afraid of commitment because you've never been required to commit. Only a man can make another man commit to something. A woman can't do that. Mm-hmm. Only a man, preferably an older man, can make a younger man learn how to be responsible and to face hard deadlines and commitments. When you get raised by your mom, this doesn't happen all the time. We could look at a popular example like LeBron James. What happens is, you know, in the hood and stuff like that, you're on survival. You're not used to commitment. You're just looking for fast money and to get immediate kicks and stuff. You're not looking at the long term. You're just surviving, you're just surviving, you're just surviving. You're not thinking about no commitment. So we have to start, you know, volunteering in these schools and the boys and girls clubs and stuff like that. We have to start making time for these younger kids because we all seen beautiful, stunning, single black women in their 30s and 40s that have absolutely no chance at a mate because the income bracket for the guys is too low or their emotional maturity is too low or the guys are just getting their life together at 42 after they done did a couple of vids. We gotta, we gotta find a way to close the gap and hold each other responsible early on in life. Because if you don't, woo, you'll be 45, 50. And then man, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it. I'm not yes. gonna say but you, if you wait till your 40s to try to get everything done, by the time you build something, you're gonna be in your 60s. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's when you're trying. Most people are trying to. Most people are tired of working by then. You know, by the yeah, time. Yeah, to- <laughs> I ain't trying to be working when I'm in my 60s. I'm gonna be straight up. Oh no. I ain't trying to be working, man. So that's no, that's my take no. on it. I don't know if that's going to be satisfactory uh, to the podcast that you were invited on, but that's my true opinion. 
So I okay. feel like you hit that on the head. I wanted to just add one little quick thing to it. Um, when you were talking about like the whole emotional thing about black men not ever being able to like, express their emotions like in a non-judgmental way ever, right? And that, that whole that gets balled up your whole life. And I feel like um, <clears throat> people have that term that men don't hurt, they hoe. And it's like that sexual energy going around and just sleeping with different people in the non-committal thing, that's just the bare minimum, like humanistic, like outcome of that, you know? It's just like, that's how you're expressing your emotions. It's like, it's, it's, it's not just about how many people or whatever it is. Every time you're doing it, it's because you don't know how to express any other emotions. So you're just out here, you know, you don't know how to be, that's what love is to you until you can figure out how to express it the real way, I feel like. So I think that's what like the hypersexuality part of it is. Maybe I'm just talking no, a little too personal. But, no, no, um, you're right. No, you're hitting the nail on the head. Because you, you got to think, people using, people using, you know, the pleasure of sex to cover up whatever insufficiencies that they have. And oh, that's okay things. if you do that a couple times. But if you make that a way of life and you, you never, you know, deal with whatever it is that's going on, because everybody's got mm-hmm. some kind of issue. You know, again, you get, you got, you got, you know, three or four baby mamas, you're getting late 30s. You know, you're not making a certain amount of money to really be a viable option. You know, you've been irresponsible. You know, that's we we have a lot of successful black women out here that and I, I've seen it. You know, I'm in different professional groups and stuff like that. And we could do all the, the business mixes we want. But at the end of the day, you know, they we we're not a lot of black men for various reasons. Some of them are very valuable, just not. We got to do better, man. Yeah. When I when I see some of these young cats out here, you know, and I have the opportunity to speak to them, willing and they're willing to listen. I'm like, look, you know what I'm saying? Stay away from this. Do this. Make sure you be involved in this. Make sure you go see the person per week. Make sure you check in with or make sure you text me. If something happened, don't just jump and do it. Let me know first so I can help you out. I, there was this kid yeah. that my dad had at his job, right? The kid was so lost. He's like, he just randomly went up to my dad after watching him for a couple weeks and said, can you help me out with becoming a man? That's that's how thirsty he was because he didn't have no connection with an older man in his life. Mm. And that's he just watched my dad and how he carried himself and being mature. And was just like, can you please help me out? I don't know what to do with A, B, 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 and C. We, we're leaving, you know, our younger selves, so to speak. We're leaving them out here on the street to fend for themselves. And we... We have to sacrifice and dig deep and go get these guys because that's the next generation. So, you know, I know everybody's individualism, Western culture, yada, yada, yada. But we're going to have to do something different. We're going to keep getting the same results. So I'm I'm sorry. y'all. Let me get off my, my soapbox. No, no you so good. good. No, you good. That's real good. I definitely agree that we definitely got to step back in here and help this younger generation behind us because – we got to give them things that we didn't have, you know, coming up because it can make a difference and it can help them be better than us, which is definitely the goal. And also, if we're going to see progress, they are going to have to be better than us. But And plus, they're going to have the added advantage of a lot of technology that we didn't have to come up. But right. running back to what um, Jen had to say about um, commitment and stuff, the reason I feel like guys are scared to be committed is because they commit – because guys have this mindset of, I want to smash everybody, you know what I'm saying? They, they're they scared of just being with one person, and it, I guess the idea just scares them. And it also, and also, and also some women, they just can't handle the bluntness 
of a man telling them what they want, you know. So that's probably why. So Jen of the Mom's Wife Plus Life podcast, DM me and tell me what you think about our answers. Also, she actually had another question for us too. What do y'all feel like men want out of relationships? Oof. Uh, yeah, man, she, man. yeah, she kind of hit. Man, she kind of now, huh? She laying it on thick with these questions, right? Some heavy yeah, stuff. Okay, this is the last. That was the last one, though. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll go first on this one. Just down with first on the last one. So, what do men want out of relationships? I feel like when guys are mature, again, this is the caveat that they're mature. I think they want somebody that they can depend on, that they can grow with no matter what. And I think that one, I think we have enough examples available to us via social media where we can see. Um, I don't know if anybody or do you two guys, you know, if you guys follow, there's a page on Facebook. It's called Black Couple Revolution. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. But mm-hmm. one of the things I found out by following this page, there's so many people that follow this black. One of the things I find out is when there's a when there's a guy and he's committed, right, to being in a full fledged monogamous relationship with a woman, he's going to go the extra mile. He wants to build and cultivate something and leave a lasting legacy, right, with somebody that he enjoys being around and spending time with, aka a best friend of the opposite sex. Now mm-hmm. I don't mean it's easy, but I think what we want is somebody that we can be the ultimate teammate because you can only hang around the guys for so long. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know about uh, same sex and LGBTQI relationships because I have not experienced that. But I know for heterosexual <laughs> men, when it comes to, you know, what do we want out of relationships? We want somebody that we could talk to. We want somebody that will help us be vulnerable. I know that's a lot. We just talked about that via the last question. We want somebody that we could feel comfortable being vulnerable with. And that may take time. We want somebody who is going to want to make money with us, somebody that's going to encourage us to do better, somebody that we don't mind showing off and being in public like, God, damn girl, you thick. Man, oatmeal and a lag with syrup and molasses all up next up together. Hello. Girl, so I can kiss on your neck bone. <laughs> Hello. Come on. Come on. That's what we want. We want somebody that we going to have a little pimp and I'll walk like President Obama when he was up in the White House because he right. know Obama was the most educated first lady of all time in American history. It ain't nobody ever going to be able to touch that or do anything about that. That's what we're looking for. Now, again, the caveat to this is when you have a mature heterosexual black male, you know what I'm saying? That knows what he wants. Again, I know that's a lot of caveats, but when you have that mixture, I think that's what it looks for our relationships. I yield my time. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. That's that's exactly what we want. We want somebody to build with. We want somebody that we don't we don't have to that's not gonna look for us to spend money on because I saw today Ari uh, oh y'all know this chick, Ari Moneybag Gil bought her um a, a, a Lamborghini truck. I'm like, really? I want a woman that's gonna tell me to take that damn truck back to the damn lot and buy me some real <laughs> property or something like that. Mm-hmm. I want a woman that's on her business. We want a woman that's on the business grind that's gonna make us better people. 
that's right. what we want in relationships. And sometimes we don't get that because sometimes the women out here, they just don't be trying. They end up for what they can get out of it. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think that um, <clears throat> it's funny that we talk about what men want, what women want in relationships versus, uh, you know, situations and trying to say women want security, right? They say men just want sex and women want security. And it's like, I don't think it's really that basic. I think it's kind of like <laughs> equally on both parts the same way because men want security is having that person that's going to be, you know, at the house taking care of things while you're working all day. You can come home to like a hot meal, you know what I mean? Or somebody just to listen to you talk, like a partner in crime to just equal you out like that's that is security and i think insecure men are the ones that are running around with the eight baby mamas and just can't sit down with nobody because they're trying to find themselves they don't know who they are but when you find that one person that you can just like connect with whether y'all are monogamous or not that's a whole other conversation like i don't think that goes hand in hand that's fine but i'm saying commitment wise like that's like that security to me is having like you know somebody that's gonna be there it's gonna, no matter what, and as far as the LGBTQIA, you know, BLT, you know, <laughs> um, it's, just, it's it's the same exact situation. It, there's you just it might be different roles, but there's there's still male and female energies. That's just the demog- that's just how it is, human wise. And yeah, you don't want to hang out with your friends all the time. Like you want to go home and have that different that home chill peaceful space with somebody that understands you. Not necessarily yes. just being out with your friend. I mean, that's just my experience. Like, I think it's the same thing. Like, you want to be secure and make sure that person has your back. Exactly. I definitely agree with that. We want to we want to have we want to come home to somebody that's our peace. You know what I'm saying? That's we want to have somebody that's our turn up and that's be our sanctuary as well. That person that we just lean into to just give up, pour into us when we need to, and also to pour into them when we need to as well. And that's what. That's what we want in relationships. We don't want every we don't we don't want everything, you know what I'm saying? We just want somebody that's gonna be there for us. I hope that you ladies out there, y'all understand what us men want in that. And if you don't feel that way, feel like if you got more questions for us, just feel free to slide in the inbox because we we're gonna be doing this guys only round monthly, ladies and gentlemen. So just feel free to slide in our inboxes and let us know what y'all think. So Juggy, what you got coming up with BOJ Radio for this month? Funny enough that you should ask, uh, the next episode that I have planned within the next week, um, talking about how uh, we, we really got to protect black women. And I think it's going to be a blockbuster episode because uh, I'm looking around, kind of had the scales lifted from my eyes. Um, the fact that, you know, black women are black and women at the same time. I'm seeing what's happening to them in the workplace, seeing what's happening to them uh, at rallies, at protests at organizations, and I see the way they're talked to, I see the way that they're treated, and we got to do a better job. We got to do a much better job. You know, Black women are the greatest, uh, are the most successful group as far as creating businesses. They're becoming CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, and quite frankly, uh, a lot of Black men are nowhere to be found in those positions. So, you know, we have President Obama kind of set this bar very high, and I think we have to continue on with that and, and finding ways to really create a better community. So that's what's coming up for me on BLJ Radio. Yes, we definitely agree with that. And we know for next the next edition of the Lick Talk, next time we come there, guys, which means August, we may have to revisit that. You know what I'm saying? So, Don B., what do people got coming up on the Off Black podcast? 
Yeah, so we actually are doing, speaking of black businesses, we are getting together some black business owners um, in the Orlando area um, in different industries, um, restaurant, um, entrepreneurs. We have some, some people that are in film. Um, just, you know, different perspectives. We have somebody that has a retail like, clothing store um, just to get hear their struggles and their frustrations and just hear their voices on what it's like to a, be running a black business, especially in these times and, you know, how we can make it easier for them and what, you know, you know, just asking questions and things like that. So that's actually what we're working on for our next episode. So ties into today. That's good. That's what's up. And y'all already know as for look and talk. We're close. We're wrapping up season two. We got more dope conversations. Season three is already on the horizon. We've already planned a season two finale for August. Season three season premiere is going to be lit. And then also we're going to do another guys only round. Season three of Liquor Talk is about to take off. So any business owners out there, if you want a shout out on a podcast, slide my DMs. Let's talk, you know what I'm saying? Let's chop it up because it's about time we make some big things happen. And also, if you want to be a part of season three of Liquor Talk, go ahead and hit the inbox at Liquor Talk Podcast. We're definitely going to be making some things happen because we're going to be giving you more dope conversations. So get your liquor ready because we come in all 20 and all 21, ladies and gentlemen. Fellas, do y'all have any closing remarks for the people? You can follow me, Twitter at BLJ Radio. Check out my channel, youtube.com forward slash BLJ Radio. All support is appreciated. Thank you, Mr. Vic, for once again bringing us on for this All Guys podcast. It's no problem. No problem, man. I'm having fun doing this. Hey, I hope we can just keep this up, man, because, you know, what? this is a conversation guys need to hear, you know what I'm saying? Because you get a lot of ladies-only podcasts and stuff with the ladies. They need to be doing well. we need to do something for the fellas, so you already know. Don, where can the people get a hold of you at? Yes, sir. So, everybody, it's at uh, the Don B on our platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, Instagram and Twitter is where you can find me most of the time um also at off black the podcast that's on all platforms um as well wherever you get your podcast i do want to thank you as well victor for you know putting this together um i do want you to realize first i look forward to it all weekend like i really enjoy these conversations um and i really appreciate how we make room for each other's you know different opinions you know what i mean different experiences like it's a very healthy conversation there needs to be more of it so i think a lot more people are listening than we probably even know and so we just gotta you know stay true to that and i'm just happy to be here so let's keep it moving yo listen fellas i'm happy to have y'all here i'm like i'm happy to have y'all here as well ladies and gentlemen you can find this podcast everywhere apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, radio wherever you get your podcast at you can find us on liquor talk podcast on instagram and shout out to everybody i appreciate it for 2000 followers i'm happy for that but we're trying to get that number up some more um twitter and instagram is real v jones that's where you find me at the most where you'll find me just going off or you know what i'm saying give my pins but until the next God time, ladies and gentlemen, you got three dope podcasts to go ahead and support. Until, until next time, fellas, once again, thank y'all for coming on. Until we see y'all again next month, everybody be easy. Thank you all for listening to the Look and Talk podcast. Remember that nothing in life is forever. It's temporary. So whatever you're going through, remember to pull that look up and keep it moving. We out this thing. Deuces, y'all.